Welcome and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her league of extraordinary women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, Black Women Amplified. It is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I'm so excited to be back on this mic with you. And we are moving into the teens with these podcast episodes, and I am so excited that you are still on this journey with me. It has been a true journey of love, laughter, enlightenment, and truly a journey of self-discovery because (laughs) I'm pulling some things out of me that I I had repressed and suppressed and bogged down within my body for years. And I'm so excited to share them with you in a way that hopefully is helpful to you and unlocking your journey of self-discovery. I hope that you all took the time to listen to the interview with Jane Allen. I'm not going to call it an interview. It's really a conversation with two grown women about Black girl life. And I really, really enjoyed that conversation. And please follow her on her social media, Jane Allen Writes, because she's a phenomenal woman and want to give her her flowers. She's done many things in the industry and she still remains a solidly grounded person. I'm not going to use the term humble because I don't like that term, but she's a solid and grounded person. So and we have something special coming up I want to tell you all about. First, I want to remind you all to sign up to our email list. I've got some cool things coming up and I want to make sure it goes directly to your mailbox. So you can log in to www.podcast.blackwomenamplified.com and you get to sign up to our mailing list. So when I have something cool or interesting or I have some questions to ask or you've asked me some questions and you want some answers That is going to be our bat phone line to communicating with each other. I don't want to depend on social media because the algorithms keep switching and changing. I want to make sure that you get the information directly and that you are able to communicate with me on a regular basis. And the best way to do that is through my email list. Also, I just received in the mail Eric Roberson the phenomenal singer and performer and songwriter Eric Roberson wrote a book called Lessons, 100 Thoughts on Life and Love. And I tell you, I went to the river yesterday to get grounded because I'm a River City girl. I was born in Alton, Illinois, literally not even a block from the Mississippi River. So there's something sacred between me and that river. So I went up there yesterday to get grounded. I've been dealing with some personal stuff. You know, my cousin died. And right after that, one of my best friends in life, Darren Brokaw, passed away. And that has just been shattering for me. And so I needed to go somewhere and get some peace. And I find that in nature, I find that in life. And one thing that does it for me is sitting on that river from where I was born. The energy, the life that happens on the river, the eagles above me, the water in front of me, trees, bluffs. It's just calming and centering. And I was reading his book, 
I went there to write, but then I opened up his book and I started reading some of the lessons and I just kept reading and I finally had to put it down so I could pick up my own pen and start writing. But it has inspired me to really get back into my writing so that I can fully embrace this idea of putting my narrative and archiving my life out in the world. That's one of my big things is that, especially as Black women, especially as Generation X Black women and women who were born before social media, we didn't have it. Thank God we didn't have social media because these kids think they know how to party. We're not going to tell them. We're just not going to tell them. But we have to understand that it's time to archive our stories. I'm doing it through podcasting and writing my blog and eventually a book and eventually and eventually, eventually. But I have to start eventually. And that for me is now. So I'm going to start with... Anyway, pick up his book. His website is ericrobersonmusic.com. You can order the book directly from him. And he is an independent artist. So everything ships out from his house or his mama's house. (laughs) He's still on that grind. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You can also check out his video for he has a song called Lessons. And it has almost three million streams on YouTube. Now, I know I'm not using the right terminology because tech is not my world. I don't think you call watching YouTube streams. I don't know, but I really don't care. But anyway, almost three million for the song Lessons. And he just did a remix with Raheem Devon, Kevin Ross and Anthony Hamilton. And if you watch Verses, you saw them perform it on Verses. Anyway, he's phenomenal. This book is great. And I'm going to start off with reading one of his lessons because it fits in perfectly with what I'm going to talk about today. And as you see, I'm talking too much because I'm really procrastinating (laughs) because I had a download from God. I had a whole nother thing written out, which I'm going to record and give to you about motherhood. But this morning, God downloaded. It's time to talk about it. And it's something I have been avoiding for years. And that's the conversation about me and Ferguson. So first, let me read what he wrote, not about Ferguson, but about life. Lesson 57, take the time to do something on purpose. It's always right if it's for good. It's always right if it's for others. It's always right if it's from the soul. And there's a whole story around it about his friend who gave his new pair of Jordans to a homeless person and then ended up starting a non-for-profit organization has so far given out over 30,000 sneakers. And his organization is called itsfromthesoul.org. So I love that about doing things on purpose and how we fall into things that happen on our journey that we didn't necessarily plan out or put on our to-do list. We didn't necessarily decide that this is what we were going to do. It decided for us. And that's when you know its purpose is when it comes to you and you choose to say yes. And then it works out the way that it works out. Now, for me, there have been many things, serendipitous things that have happened in my life 
that have worked out in different ways. Like when I was approached to work for a magazine and I ended up being the director of operations for this magazine. And not only that, I was able to garner a proper sponsorship with Pepsi. Not only that, I was able to be in a magazine alongside, we were able to get articles from Joyce Myers and T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen. So my writings went along next to theirs. And not only that, I was able to interview some of my heroes and some people that I admire in the the arts and in the industries and people at the top of their game, like Evander Holyfield, Vanetta Flowers, the Olympian, Kirk Whalum, Isaac Bruce, among others, and and Eric Roberson. (laughs) So I was able to talk and have conversations about people, about their spirituality, because this magazine was about religion, Christianity, spirituality, all the things. So we talked to people about their belief in God. And we know Kirk Franklin has, I want to say he's a minister, but I know his dad was a minister. I've heard him speak. Reverend Whalem, phenomenal, phenomenal. May he rest in peace. But got to speak to people about their beliefs. And that was something that I really enjoyed doing. And in that, I got to go deeper in their conversations. So I was doing this in like 2009, 2010, 2008. And I did that for a while and loved it. But as life would happen, I had to deal with my own personal life. So getting back to this podcast gets me back in that space of being able to have conversations with people, conversations that are deep and enlightening and insightful, which is my favorite thing to do. This is what my friends and I sit around and do have great conversations. Either it's laughter or depth or growing. We're always doing something to lift our spirits. And I'm done procrastinating. (laughs) Let me get into this conversation about Ferguson and me. And how it relates to what I just read about Eric Roberson, lesson number 57, doing something on purpose. I remember on August the 9th, 2014, I was at work in the salon and people kept texting me about this picture of this young man who was laying in the streets. And I couldn't believe it. So hours would go past and I'm like, why is he still laying in the streets? I did not understand it. He wasn't covered. His mother was there. They wouldn't let her go to him. I didn't know what was going on. And it literally just became something I couldn't keep my eyes off of. And not only that, it was something I was compelled to actually go and join whatever was happening, because at that time, nobody knew anything. And I'm not going to get into the story of Ferguson. There are a lot of stories out there and there's so many details that I could add, but I'm just not going to go there. What I'm going to go is to the end of the story. The end of the story for me was 15 months after August the 9th, 2014, when I decided that I could no longer be a part of the rebellion. And it wasn't anything that anybody did. It wasn't anything anybody said. There was no incident that happened. But what was happening to me personally is I was unraveling. I was literally unraveling because of all the things I had seen and experienced. And my body and my mind were exhausted. I couldn't take another. And the thing is, what happened with Ferguson is not only did that happen to him, but it was several other people in the same city 
where it was happening as well. So the protest community was going to incident to incident. And it was a lot. (laughs) When I see people protesting on the streets, the real protesters, and when I say the real protesters, I mean the ones that say that this is going to be my life for a while. And it's not to say that other people are fake, but for some people, it's a moment. And some people, it's a life-changing choice. For some people, it's an opportunity. And I was one of the people who decided it was going to be a life-changing choice. I've done advocacy work for domestic violence, advocacy work for the gay community. I was there when they signed into law for gay marriage to happen in my city. I marched. I did all the, you know, all the things that most people do. I marched, I did my duty, and then I went back to my life. So Ferguson was the first time that I fully got engaged in what protesting was. And I didn't really understand the direction I was going in, but I knew that I could not not do it because it was time for a change. And what had happened was so disgusting to me that this was the one time I just could not look away. And people always say you get to that moment where it happens and you can't look away. You have to do something. And so I knew that I'd come from a family of people who work to change the system. And I felt like, okay, now it's my turn up to bat. What am I going to do with this ball that's being thrown at me? Am I going to walk it or am I going to hit a home run? And so I decided that I was going to swing my bat and hit a home run. And I joined the movement and and joining it. I still don't know what was going to happen. But there was a duality happening at the same time. There was in the center of it where we were, there was so much love and adoration and unity that was happening inside the circle. What was happening on the outside of the circle and in the media was a completely different story. And that was the first time I understood how the media worked because having been interviewed in the media on different news stations and different radio stations and having experienced the publishing side of the world just a little bit. I wasn't going to say I was deep like essence, but starting a magazine and working to start a magazine and being the director of operations, I get to see the inner workings of how this thing works and how you are in charge of shaping the narrative that you're putting out there. What's the focus? What's the intention? What's the narrative? And then how are we going to handle what comes back from this? So those are all the things that are working for, through my brain. So when I saw things happening on the ground that were not being reported on the news and the media, that's when I knew, uh-oh, okay, <laughs> this is not cool, okay? So that's when I stopped watching local news. That's when it was like a hard out with local news. But after I decided to walk away because I needed to get my life together, I was literally in a place of constant alertness and on survival mode on 20. And that's just not good for your body. What happened to me physically, my hair fell out of my head. Like I had a huge hole, not in the back, not on the side, but in the top of my head, it had to be like a three inch circumference. And my hair just was like, bye. That's the level of stress I was in. I did not have my period for three months. I was like, I can't be pregnant. (laughs) 
unless I'm having a baby Jesus, you know, if he's coming back through me. So I even knowing that I couldn't have been pregnant, I even took a pregnancy test and not for any other reason, but I had not had sex. Of course, it came back negative. So I said, wait a minute, I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. Like my whole body is just feels like it's shutting down. So I had to walk away. And it was a fight to walk away because I was working with some amazing people who really worked hard. But it was the first time I really said to myself, I have to choose me first. And of all the things I experienced, oof, so much I could say, but I'm not saying. Of all the things I experienced, the one thing I came to understand is we as humans, we have to trust our instincts more than we trust anything else. We have to trust those nudges more than we trust anything else. And it's not get this information from this place or get this information, whatever side of the argument that you're on. The best thing that I have found for myself was to get quiet and get really still and trust that inner voice that tells me what direction to go into. So that's when I walked away, when the world was louder than my inner voice. And because of that, I was all the way off track. I had sacrificed my business. I had sacrificed time with my family, sacrificed time with my friends. And then many people didn't understand what I was doing. And I didn't even tell my family what I was doing because I already knew the conversation. Don't go down there. And I couldn't not go. So it was absolutely an incredible experience. But the unraveling of it took me into a really, really dark chasm. And I had been in my life has not been easy by any means. I have been through lots of turmoil and situations. So I had the tools to pull myself out of it. This was just something completely new because I I started to see this country in a whole different way. And I started to understand people in a whole different way. And I started to understand people's choices in a whole different way. And so I had to pull back from all of it so that I could hear myself again. I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't hear my own voice. I heard the voice of the people I was working with. I heard the voices of the people in the streets who I was also working with. I heard the the voices of the people in the media, heard the people calling us thugs and lowlifes and all of these different names that didn't apply to us. You know, when you really are into changing the world, it is such a deep, deep love that you have for humanity that compels you to walk away from your comfort zone and hit a war zone. That is something that I didn't know I was built for, but I hit it with full force. and. I didn't really have anybody to talk to about it except for the people that were there. So we became a unit. So that time, that 15 months was an incubator. (laughs) That's the easiest way to put it. It was an incubator. And we were trying to grow a new way of being in America, a new way of understanding in America. And we were, but you know, besides the naysayers, we were getting support from all over the world. And thank God for Twitter and at that time Periscope because Facebook was cutting it off. But the Twitter people sped up the the process of Periscope so that we would have some way to show what was actually happening. 
And that was the saving grace was the street reporters. I call them the people on the ground who were videoing everything, everything. There's so much footage out there. And I remember when Janet Jackson came and her first song out was Agenda. And part of her video presentation was our work in Ferguson. And that just touched my heart because y'all know how much I love Janet Jackson. I was like, she's paying attention. (laughs) As so many people were, but there are also so many people who just don't understand. That's why I, when I hear people in this day and age talk about we're fighting for our freedoms, I'm like, to wear a mask? Really? That's your only problem? That's all you got? You post a a TikTok video or you post a meme and it's like, this and that, that, I'm like, that's all you, that's all you got. That's all you got. Oh, okay. And I just roll my eyes and keep moving. <laughs> Lick on my ice cream, drink my water and keep it moving. I'm like, oh, okay. That's all you got. And so <laughs> I say all that to say that when I unraveled and went into this dark place, I didn't know how I was going to come out on the other side. But because of the toolkit that I had acquired along my journey, my toolkit meaning meditation, prayer, books, reading books, listening to videos, the ancient teachers, our ancestors, the Bible, sacred writings, I knew to go there. Didn't know what I was going to look like on the other side, but I knew where to go to get to the other side because I was determined to get there. When I was in this tunnel, I couldn't see the light, but I was determined to see the light within myself. So I started praying a lot. I started meditating a lot. I went to a couple of meditation retreats. I started spending time with my meditation teacher, Yoganandi, and I really got to the core of myself. So even though I was in a place of darkness. I knew that I was in a safe space, a womb of God, and that I was being rebirthed in a whole new way. And this rebirthing took years. It was not a quick fix. I mean, the end of this birthing process, honestly, was the pandemic when we all shut down. Those two and a half months where I could not work is the two and a half months that I really, really went on a journey of self-discovery and asked myself the questions and really got to the core of why I made the decisions that I make, why I made the choices that I make, discarding things and, and ideas and programming conditioning that no longer served me so that I could be the fullness of myself. I didn't know who I was. I had to find myself. So by the end of When I walked away, because things still happened for years, a couple of years later, and there was even a second and third protest in my town after that for some other situations. But I knew for myself that I needed to evolve the way that I worked as an activist and evolve the way that I worked as a freedom fighter. And this podcast is a part of that decision. So going inside, asking myself the questions, really listening for my voice, deleting the programming and the conditioning from my body that no longer served me or that was not actually mine. Programming from my family, programming from society, 
programming from my peers of how I define myself based on other people's ideas of who I should be. That no longer worked for me. (laughs) Because during Ferguson, the veil dropped, honey. The socioeconomic differences dropped. Race differences dropped. I just saw humanity in a way. It was like I used to do hair for theater. And so sometimes you would peek out the curtain. You would peek out of the curtain to see the audience. You pull the curtain back and you'd see the audience in their fullness before they put on their be quiet in theater. They're talking, chatting, moving around, doing all the things. So I got to peek past the curtain called America and really see the truth of people. And I tell you what, some of it was really frightening. (laughs) Some of it was really frightening. And it came to a point where I didn't know who to trust. So when I don't know who to trust, I go to God and I start talking to baby Jesus. (laughs) And baby Jesus, I say, baby Jesus. And then baby Jesus says, girl, I got you. And I say, okay, baby Jesus, you got me. And we move forward together. So my unraveling and the breaking down of who I thought I was ended up being the reality of who I really was. And when I saw her, I wasn't happy with her either. (laughs) I was like, girl, you are tripping. Like you're a people pleaser. You're, you're emotional. Like you make emotional decisions. You're not tapping in fully of who you are. And I really wanted to tap in to the truth of who I am, who I was born to be, not who society shaped me to be. And I realized, and even though I had unraveled myself and when I saw who was there, what was there, it was like, oh my God, yeah, we got to do something about that too. (laughs) So I started journaling. I called my girls, my goddess girls and say, hey, we got to get back on a call. I didn't go into therapy because I have not found that that worked for me specifically. So I went to the places that I knew that worked for me. And that is something or program or something that can deal with somebody who's had multiple traumas in their life. And there's very few places that I could do that. Someone who could deal with post-traumatic stress disorder, which is something that I have. Something that could deal with emotional traumas, which is what I have. Sexual traumas, which I have. All of the things, because it all comes down to is, do I want to be a healed being walking through this earth? And the answer is yes. I want to be a healed being walking through this earth. And I want to walk it with joy. And I want to walk it with grace. And I want to walk it with ease. And that is not always easy. Challenges happen. But how I respond to these challenges is what had to change. And so I unraveled, I discovered, and I shifted and changed. So although being a freedom fighter was tough, I can honestly say that the lessons I learned from it were life-changing. And it led me into really putting myself first choosing me, no matter who else did or did not choose me, and discovering my voice that is the full breath of who I am. 
discovering the standards that work for me, not the standards my family gave me. Understanding what I want in a relationship, not what society said that I needed to be in. And really, really honing in on crafting me. So the unraveling was necessary to discover all of that because not only did I heal myself from Ferguson and the re- how do I know that I healed? How do I know that I healed? Because when I say it, I don't cry anymore. When I see the people who have been opportunists, I'm not angry anymore. When I see that things are reversing, I pray about it. I don't get angry about it anymore. I don't feel compelled to jump in it anymore because I know that I did my tour of duty and I'm complete with that. And I'm proud of the work that I did, proud of the relationships that I built. But what I'm most proud of is that I came out on the other side of this tunnel. So ladies and gentlemen, that is me sharing how Ferguson unraveled me and allowed me to build up the person that I am now. And I hope that you understand that no matter what trial or tribulation that you're going through and how life seems to be unraveling around you, you have the opportunity and the availability to get the tools to help you discover yourself and to help you rebuild the person that you were born to be. Not the person you want to be, the persona, but the true person that you are, because that person is enough, right? That person is enough to go out in this world and conquer it and build that empire. I mean, how beautiful it is to build a foundation based on your authentic beliefs and your authentic ideas of who you are in this world, who God born you to be. So before I go any further in this, I just want to say, oh, thank you for listening to the story. Like I feel like light and airy because this is something that I have just, like I said, repressed and suppressed because I didn't want to talk about it. It wasn't hard as I thought it was going to be. (laughs) But I learned a lot about this country. And the one thing that I know that as Black people, it is we have prime opportunity to push it into its promise that all people are created equal, that all people deserve a voice and love, that all people deserve representation and to be seen. It's not just for the few who say that is for them. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And if you don't understand what the fight really looks like, look up Fannie Lou Hamer and you'll see a fight. Look up Josephine Baker and you'll see the fighter. Look up what happened to Eartha Kitt and you'll see how she kept fighting. And what these people are fighting for, what the world gets to observe is they're fighting for their liberation and they're fighting for their freedom. And you have the opportunity to do the same thing. You don't have to keep doing what you're doing. If you're unhappy, go find a new way. If it's not working for you, go find a new way. There are so many possibilities and the possibilities you see in others, you have to look in the mirror and see them for yourselves and move beyond it. I remember I went to a class one time with the president of Walt Disney and no, he wasn't the president. He was the president of Walt Disney University. And so he broke down Walt Disney's whole philosophy. Walt Disney's philosophy was take somebody else's idea and make it better. That's how he saw theme parks for kids. He didn't like it. So he developed a plan 
to make it better. And so we have to look at ourselves as the plan that society has built, and now it's time to make it better. So if you're sitting on that dream, put it in a full action because that dream is connected to your purpose. And don't connect it to money, connect it to joy, connected to love, connected to possibility, connected to purpose. Because I guarantee you, Walt Disney did not think at the time that he created this new theme park that it was going to be a multi-billion dollar organization. He just wanted to create a beautiful space for his child. So the power is in the simplicity. Just like this podcast, I want to create a safe space for conversations between Black people around the world. And that's it. So thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. I know I've said goodbye before. But this is the hard goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to also tell you all that I'm adding a new segment called The Men Who Love Us. I don't know if I covered that at the beginning because I've just been in the spirit and the flow of this conversation. And I'm going to bring on some guys to join us in this conversation because I think that we have some things we need to talk about as Black men and Black women. And so our first conversation is going to happen in April. I'm not going to tell you yet who it is, but he's fantastic. And he's a man who doesn't mind expressing himself in a truly authentic way. And I can't wait for you all to meet my friend. And that'll happen in April. Oh, so excited. I'm nervous and and I'm excited. And I'm trying to prep myself to interview my friend like I don't know him. (laughs) So anyway, if you want to support our community, there's an easy way to do that. You can buy some merchandise. We have T-shirts, hats, and tote bags. We have the logo, as well as other designs of um, meditation, women in meditation mode, and other things. And you can go to www.blackwomenamplified.com backslash shop, S-H-O-P, and it'll take you directly to our store. You order it, pay for it, and it ships out directly. It's a U.S. company that I found that does this. So the shipping, it's done It takes a bit of a minute because we know about these supply chain issues, but it's not as long as if it's coming from China. (laughs) So I just will say that. Sending you all love and light. And I'm greatly appreciative of you for you all joining me every podcast episode. And I look forward to speaking with you again. This is Monica Wisdom, and I'm sending you peace, love and light. Have an amazing, amazing day. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining. Keep shining.